0: Welcome to the Odds Checker Royal Ascot Saturday preview podcast and video. I am your host, George Ellick, and I am delighted to say that finally we are joined by Odds Checker's very own tipster, Andy Holding. Andy, how are you doing? I'm very well, yes. Uh, better than I was
1: the first day. We're talking obviously on Wednesday. First day was a bit of a, a baptism of fire. Didn't really get up to a great start. One or two unlucky horses. Thought Malhatha was very unlucky in the Queen Anne with a better run he might have won, but Generally speaking, uh, yeah, didn't get off to a good start, but much better day two. Had a bit more of a feel for the meeting, where you need to be drawn, what kind of horses to look for, uh, and of course we started with the two-year-olds as well. My mm. bread and butter will be the two-year-olds throughout the week, and the first ones on the board with the uh, tactician who was a very good winner of the Windsor Castle.
0: Yeah, very good indeed. So two winners for you today, Hukum and Tactical, as you say. Um, and yeah, as I mentioned, we you know we've missed you on this on this podcast, Andy. So we're really happy that we can get you back on. Uh, I'm sure OddsChecker viewers and and listeners are very happy to have you back as well. But before we get into it, I'm just going to tell everybody as ever to download the OddsChecker app. I think anyone who's been using it for the last couple of days will know how important it is to get the best prices, the best bookie offers, the best tips from Andy, of course, and Daryl Carter, who we had uh, on the other day's previews. We've done previews for Tuesday and Wednesday, a couple of winners in those. We've got Thursday coming up tomorrow, which we've recorded. We've done Friday as well. This is for Saturday, uh, and you know the odds check it out is the most and smartest way to bet for the shrewdest of punters. Uh, Andy, we're going to get into things straight away. You banged in two winners, so you're the man in form. We can say again after that with one unlucky runner earlier in the Queen Anne, as you mentioned. And we're going to start with the first race of the day, eight races on Saturday, and we'll start with the Wokingham. And it's interesting you saying that you had a bit of bad luck in the Queen Anne? Because the first question I want to ask you is about the draw. Um, we're seeing a massive draw bias towards the stand side in the first couple of days. Horses on the far side having to come right the way over to getting contention. Or, you know, if they stay on that side, we saw Sharp um, earlier being way out in front, halfway down and finishing absolutely nowhere. So how much, how important is it at this stage when you're looking at these big field handicaps down the straight to focus on the horses with a high draw? Well, obviously, this podcast is um, for Saturday purposes,
1: and with the rain that we've got due tomorrow, as we speak on Wednesday, into Thursday, into Friday, and there's forecast for a big band of weather to come through on the Saturday, this could easily change. So we mm. have to take it with a little bit of a pinch of salt, take it day by day. But at this very moment in time to speaking Wednesday evening, it very much looks as though the stand side has a of a big bias, which it's a little bit contentious, really, because, I mean, Chris Nichols has had about the thick end of three or four months to get this uh, ground right, and it looks as though there is a huge advantage, and that's got to stick um, not so happy with those that have had a low draw. They haven't had really much of a level playing field. You look at uh, Mo Hathin, my horse, in, in the uh, Royal Hunt Cup, who was drawn five. I think he was probably pound for pound the best horse in the race, but that stall position meant he had to come across, use up petrol, use up, um, uh, uh, lost a lot of ground to come over towards the stand-side rail. You can mark him up as a moral winner. So I think as the meeting goes on, you'll probably see a lot of the jockeys maybe wanting to come all the way over uh, and try and um, come over to the near side. But as it stands at the moment, you definitely want to be looking towards high uh, drawn horses.
0: Well, in the first, uh, Ed Walker and Andrea Atzendi will be hoping that things do change in that respect because they have the favourite in Swindler uh, in the Sandrium, who's drawn in two. That he's fifteen to two. Uh, Blue Mist is nine to one. A Plum ten to one. Naha 14 to 1 alongside Burmese Waltz, a whole host of horses 16 to 1 or bigger as well. So, Andy, the Sandringham tricky race to pick the winner of who's catching your right eye at the moment. Well, I think these
1: consolation prizes are,
0: are very um,
1: useful for connections that obviously miss out. And you know, when you consider that the top horse's is is rated 96, I mean, that's a far cry from yesterday when a horse like that would probably be midway th- uh, up the field in the Wokingham. So, it just mm. tells you how. Uh, The times have changed. Um, But unfortunately, as it stands at the moment, Ed Walker's charge has got that store position of two, which doesn't look all that ideal. Yes, he's a good course and distance horse and he's got a shed load of talent. But I think you need to be looking at double-figure draw. And I think um, uh, William Haggis has got a very strong hand here. If the rain does come, and it is forecast to come in some quantities throughout the week, the chances of a plum will improve quite significantly. This horse definitely likes to get his toe in. And I thought it was a bit of an eyebrow raise the first time out when I saw this horse running over five furlongs on firm ground at Newmarket behind uh, uh, Mackinac and I watched his run through he sent a favourite but I thought well he's 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 not going to win over five furlongs and obviously he didn't but at the same time he ran with a race full of promise finishing fifth doing all his best work at the end and if you go back and look at his run last season when he finished second to Tinto that form looks really hot Tinto won first time out at Newmarket the time figure was very fast, and that was on soft ground, so if he does get his conditions, he's got course and distance form twice over. he also finished second on his previous visit uh this time last year. I think he ticks a lot of boxes he's drawn double figures, which means he can probably come down the middle. I think probably near to near side to middle probably be the best uh place to challenge on the track as the week progresses. You'll probably want to get on some fresh ground a little bit uh so he's got a big chance and the other one to mention is this naha um an a colt uh, also trained by uh, William Haggis. He's got that combined um, talent of being useful over six furlongs, but also stays seven. It looks as though he needed the run first time out over the Railway mile at Newmarket when behind uh, blown by wind. He's sure to come on for the run. So, at this very moment in time, I think William Haggis holds all the aces. If the ground stays as it is, then nah But if it does go soft, and that is the prediction, then uh, that aplomb has got a major, major chance and probably even go a favourite uh, come Saturday.
0: Aplom 10 to 1. Tom Markwin, former odds checker ambassador, jocked up as well. A brilliantly promising jockey. And we all wish him all the best uh, this week. Aplom 10 to 1 with Hills. Naha 14 to 1 with Bet 365 and Labrooks. But from what Andy's saying, especially if the rain comes, at 10 to 1 about Aplom will not be lasting for too long. Let's hope it wins with Aplom as well, Andy. Moving on to the second race of the day. And it is the Queen Mary. Uh, somewhat more your bread and butter, I would say, here. No pressure, though, at all. Uh, more beautiful is the two to one favourite uh, Campanelle for Wesley Ward, nine to two always a danger. Uh, his mount six to one Sacred, ten to one Happy Romance, the brilliantly named Dicky Duda, fourteen to one alongside Santa Time, sixteen to one Bar. Couple of interesting looking runners at the top end of the market. Where are you looking?
1: Well, the time figures are very much following the patterns
0: of the betting here. Uh, for
1: those of us who do keep speed figures on two-year-olds, uh, the best filly so far. Uh, over in Ireland, and indeed these shores, based on pure numbers, is the, is the favourite, more beautiful. Hugely impressive first time out when winning at it Nice. Quick up, very smiley. Did a great sectional, a quicker sectional than Skeptical did when winning the group at three contests over six furlongs a few hours later. So she's obviously very high class. She is by Warfront, so that would be a little bit concerning. At this stage, if we're prepared to back her now, um, I think you probably want to wait and see what the ground's like on Saturday. But she's got a good draw potentially, stall 18. We know that she's the fastest filly in the race. And, um, you know, the Queen Mary often goes to the classy, sexy horses. Sacred's the best of the fillies over here, of the homegrown talent. She was a big drifter first time out at Newmarket. 4-1 out to 11-1, to one, but it didn't stop her winning. Her time figure was good, and the form subsequent to that race at Newmarket has worked out really well. Uh, bungle up in blue. Uh, happy Romance who were third and sixth, respectively, were first and second at Sandown uh, the next day. Timescale, who was seventh, when and won at Chepstow on monday and indeed uh, risque who was eighth, has also won subsequently said so that the time figures worked out well those of have experience come out of their race and prove that, that 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 form is very much worth its weight in gold and sacred couldn't have won any easy Quickened up really smartly and william haggis looks as though he's got a really good uh Philly on his hands there so if you didn't want to take a short price about uh, more beautiful you might want to look at sacred and you'd also consider maybe happy romance as well another horse i mentioned in passing there if the draw switches over towards the far side, which it might do, I don't know Like I say. I thought she was wildly impressive when she won at Sandown the other day. and She didn't, didn't get the best of runs first time out in that race. It was won by Sacred. So they look the three main players. The market's very much surrounding those. Obviously, notwithstanding the Wesley Ward filly, who could be up to scratch. But obviously, Wesley had two runners the first day, which didn't uh, quite hit the ball out of the park. So we're just a little bit on the back foot, perhaps with Wesley's horses at the moment. So I think the market is absolutely spot on here. More beautiful, the right favourite. If it's fast ground, I think she'll win. If it goes on the easy side or there's a draw switch, I'd certainly have a look at Happy Romance currently, each way around about the 10 to 1 mark.
0: Yeah, as you say, uh, Happy Romance 10 to 1, as short as 6 to 1 elsewhere as well. 10 to 1s with Paddy's, Betfair, Betvictor Bet Victor, and Bet 365. Bet Victor and Bet 365, both four, uh, a fifth of four at the moment. You'd think that a few other firms might join them, but that's at time of recording at 5.30 on Wednesday afternoon. Uh, more beautiful, 2 to 1 with 365, Skybet Labrooks. Uh, and Betfred as short as 11 to 8 elsewhere as well, which could be a sign of things to come. Just a quick, before we move on, just a quick one, Andy. Given that you you yeah. um, you know, you have an edge, undoubtedly, in these two-year-old races, and your record over, over the past couple of years certainly shows that. I mean, Wesley Ward, I heard during the ITV coverage today, he's had 10 winners at Royal Ascot in 10 years. So do you just have to, you know, because it's impossible for you to really assess the form of these horses coming over here, um, kind of looking at their solitary runs over in the States, if this Campanelle turns out to be a superstar, you just have to hold your hands up and say well, you know, I was never going to spot that anyway
1: Absolutely, yeah, I mean, there's no way of assessing the American horses when they come over here because the time figures over there are different, they're on different ground, different time of year, what my approach to it is, is just a real cutthroat approach, they're either all good and they're all going to win, or they're all no good and they're not going to win (laughs) So, having seen the first race, they've all run below par, there's half a chance that that trend might follow throughout the week, so straight away I'm I'm looking at a Wesley Walker horse now and I'm just completely write, writing it off, And but their price is kind of factored into the betting as obviously having a major chance when probably they might not have a stronger chance as that market suggests. So they're actually making the market for the other the UK horses. So if you take Campbell out of the field, you're getting some really mm. good value against sort of sacred and happy romance who run at a very high level on the grass over here. So. I think it's a good opportunity, really, for UK punters to get stuck in and take advantage of of Wesley Ward horses, perhaps not being up to scratch.
0: Absolutely, especially with those four places, because you take out Campanelle there and you've only got three runners at single-figure, sorry, just two runners at single-figure prices. So, exactly interesting angle there. Uh, On to the Coventry as well. Uh, next up, Admiral Nelson is the 11-4 to favourite. Uh, Carder, 11-2. to 2. Creative Force, 13-2. to Lorded, 9-1. to 1. Uh, Talbot 12 to 1 Existent 14 to 1 Alongside Dark Lion And Army of India At the same price And an interesting horse Science For Archie Watson At 16 to 1 Who's just done uh, On the Bob On debut uh, Again this is another one Right up your street Andy um, Two year olds With just one run genuine under their belt Solve it for us It's all we want to know
1: yeah, the, the, these this race is like manna from heaven for me because the numbers, I think, will hopefully whittle down the field quite considerably. I can look at perhaps three or four rather than looking at the whole 16. I think, well, that can't win. That's not a fast time. That won't stay. Not really sure about that. Um, and already I've got like a pecking order of like three or four. Um, I was very impressed with Admiral Nelson and Carter when they both won their respective races at the Curra and the Newbury. But their time figures really didn't add up. They went very slowly at the Curra. Yes, this horse travel well and quickened well, but he's obviously got to do it in a deeper race. Now he might well do, but at five to two, I don't really want to be taking that kind of price. To find out, similar comments applied to Quada. who quickened really well in the last furlong, and his last furlong section was really good when he won uh, very tightly. New. but again, it's a very slowly run race, so they're in deep here against uh, in a race where they're going to go a much much quicker pace. Uh, and of course, that you know the draw with Quada is not overly um, appealing in small four. So. I'm looking outside the box, and I'm looking at these races where some of them have had run in very strong times. And uh, If you look down the list, number five on the race card as we speak, a horse called Dark Lion, was sent off favourite at Newmarket to win a very hot maiden, won by creative talent. He just was all at sea going down into the dip. He didn't really know what he was doing. But Once he met the rising ground, I thought he came on very strongly. He's drawn his stall 15, which could be handy, and he looks a really thick-set, robust type that'll improve for the first run and, indeed, a stiff track. So odds around about 12-14 to one for him. I think Dark Line is w- uh, very much worth a second look, and also in the same race also called Saika, uh, from the John Gosden side. And it's interesting that Frankie would have probably had the choice because he rode both Existent and Saika first time out mm. in their respective races. and he's chosen Existent, which didn't run badly in his race at Newmarket. But I thought Saika, the one that he's left alone here, ran a, a really encouraging race behind uh, Creative Talent. He also, similar to Dark Line, didn't really know what he was doing going down into the dip, but he. Stayed on very art catching lead once he leads the rising ground. He's 25 to 1. If he would have been drawn a little bit higher, I think he would have been a really good bet. Still might have a few quid on him at that price. The other one to mention is Talbot. Now, this horse uh, won at uh, Newmont, at uh, Lingfield first time out in the all weather over five furlongs, but his last two furlong sectionals were much better than the older horse five furlong sprinters on the same card, and there was two more of them. I'd be pretty confident that he'll outrun his odds. Brian Meanis missed the Windsor Castle, missed the Norfolk. He's decided <laughs> to come here, stepping the horse up in tribute. Obviously, feels as though he, he will get the six furlongs and on his uh, numbers at, at length and the way he finished. I certainly think he's going in the right direction with that, that thought process. So those are my three against the field at this current moment in time: twelve to one Dark Lion, twenty-five to one Saika, twelve to one Talbot. Um, pay your money, take your choice out of them three. But they're all running very fast times, and they all look as though they'll stay. And that they seem to be. The, have the right mental attitude and, and the right sort of profile I look for for a Coventry winner
0: and again an eye-catching an eye-catching jockey booking on Talbot, uh, Ashin Mofi raid him on daily but Tom Marquin jocked up again this time um, riding for Brian Meer, not necessarily a combination that we're used to seeing but Talbot is 12 to 1 with 365 Betfair uh, Sportsbook Bet Victor and Paddy Power Dark Line 14 to 1 is just with Bet365 so that stand out as we speak and Saika at 25 to 1. And as Andy mentioned, I know a fair few people uh, take a lot of of weight in terms of what horses jockeys choose to ride. But as we saw with Lord North earlier, Frankie doesn't always get it right, does he? The market knew. uh, The race panned out the way that the market suggested. But Frankie chose to ride the other one from the yard as well. So uh, maybe not too much weight to be put in there. Saika 25-1 to 1 at the moment with, with Betfair, Sportsbook and Paddy Power. And I must say, Andy, when you're telling me that the two at the top of a market in a two-year-old race at Ascot haven't done great times, I get very excited indeed. And I'm sure the listeners and the viewers do as well. Uh, on now to the uh, Coronation, the Phillies Group 1. Uh, quadrilateral is the 11-4 to favourite. Uh, much shorter elsewhere, short is two to one, but 11 to four currently with Bet 365. Run Wild is nine to two, Alpine Star five to one, Sharing six to one, uh, Cloak Spirits 13 to two, So Wonderful 12 to one, and Love Locket 16 to one. Sadly, and you and I both hate this, but only yeah. seven runners. <laughs> Where yeah, are you usually, looking? Uh,
1: yeah, usually no bet races. I, I, that's my sort of golden rule. There's been a few seven runner races so far. Royal Ascot, of course, the, the big race today on the Wednesday was only seven minutes, so I, I left that one out. And I might just well leave this one out, but, but we've still got to deal with the race and, and, and try and give a selection all the same. Quadrilateral was um, slightly disappointing, you'd say, in the Guinness to many, but I still think it was a good, it was a creditable enough run. And maybe grand that was a bit too firm for her. But if the rain do come in, it is predicted to come in some contest. I think it'll probably be good to soft at the very best, if you like, come Saturday, and that'll certainly help her because when she won the. Uh, Philly's Mile on the uh, over on the rally Mile in October last year, she was really good and the stamina came into play. And they're likely to go good pace here as well. That's another interesting aspect to this race. I'd imagine James Doll will be giving instructions on John Gosden's charge to really press on because she stays a mile and a quarter when she won the Pretty poly in devastating time, recording a fast speed figure. She's drawn in stall one, and I imagine that will go off really well to try and draw the stamina out of, out of the rest, and that will certainly set it up for the closers like. Uh, quadrilateral and perhaps uh, Cloaker of Spirits, of course, was second in the Guineas herself. So wonderful, ran really well in the Irish uh, 1,000, finishing third. She's yet to win in nine starts, unbelievably. So wonderful, and yet mm. she's been placed in so many of these good group ones. I'm sure her day will come very soon. And Alpine Star represents a stable who hasn't really hit the ground running with her fillies. Albini, of course, was disappointed in the Irish 1,000. Similar comments apply to Mill in the um, English uh, version over a new market. So perhaps five to one might be a little bit too skinny for her at this very stage. So if you're looking for a bet, really for me here, I'll probably look at Run Wild. I think if James Doll gets the fractions right from the front, we know that she stays well. She uh, she goes a good gallop and maybe she might just have the uh, the stamina uh, or requisite stamina to to see them off. But um, seven, like I say, seven runners at this very moment in time, not absolutely massively appetising.
0: James Doll with two winners today, both brilliant rides. On Lord North and tactical, and John Godson been in fantastic form since racing restarted, really, and certainly over the last couple of days. So Andy, there not with a tip necessarily, but if I think if you had a if I gave you a free ten pound bet, you yeah. would go and run wild at 92. Yes, it would
1: do. Yeah, I think that's the value at this very moment
0: in time. There we have it, 92 widely available across most bookies, but as we say, just the two places if you're backing each way. So be wary before you back it each way. Uh, the three o'clock, the fifth race of the day is the uh, St. James Palace Stakes, another group one, and a really interesting market looking at this right now and a tough one to try and break down, but luckily we have the very man to do so. Uh, Wichita and Pinatubo are the two-to-one joint favourites. Palace Pier is four-to-one, and Threat comes next at 10-to-one, 14-to-one positive, 16-to-one Arizona, and 50-to-one is Royal Dornock. How many runners? Seven runners. Yes. a sad seven, as I call it. It is indeed. Uh, lots of our hearts sinking this morning as the final decks came out. But, uh, you know, Pinatubo, let's start with here before we necessarily talk about um, where the value lies elsewhere. Because Pinatubo, you know, it'd be unfair to say the Pinatubo bombed out. But given that we hoped just a couple of weeks ago that we may be looking at a horse, the most exciting two year old we would seen since Frankel, hoping. We were going to see the most exciting horse we'd seen since Frankel as a three-year-old. Didn't run without credit at all, but did not follow up last season with another victory. So how do you assess Pinatubo coming into this one? Well, um,
1: I, I think the general public were hoping that Pinatubo would be the horse that we saw last year. But personally speaking, I was rather hoping <laughs> he wasn't going to be. <laughs> as he panned out, Kamiko um, obviously floored him, of course. which was a good result for the oddschecker uh, followers. Um, we'll get a good chance to see um, one or two lines of form moving on um, um, for Saturday early on in the week. If you fancy uh, the second favourite, one of the, the strong market lead, uh, leaders here, at Palace Pier, then acquitted uh, runs in the uh, Golden uh, Gates handicap actually on Thursday, and he's four to one favourite there. So he was second to John Gosden's charge at Newcastle. So obviously, as we stand, the form will be uh, played out early on in the week, but. You know, the Guinness is obviously the best form coming into this race. It always is for the St. James's Palace. It's often a rerun. And it all depends which horse has gone forward the most from that first run to the second. Of course, the ground as well will be a significant factor. If it is on the easy side, I think it'll suit Pinatubo better than perhaps Wichita or Arizona. That certainly seems to be the, the, uh, the, the, the way it's played out in, in the history uh, when they've met before. And I wouldn't really um, sort of chastise um, Pinatubo too much. He probably got there a little bit too soon. Obviously, he was the favourite. There was a lot of pressure on Buick riding him that day. And he wanted to cover the pace. And I think he, in hindsight, he maybe went to a little bit too soon and got involved in the the hottest part of the race, whereas Oshie Murphy sat off it, sat chilly and then decided to pounce later on. And he had a horse that clearly stayed really, really strongly. But you couldn't say Pinatubo took a massive backward step. It might be that he's run very similar to the level that he did last year, although perhaps just caught him up. But in summary, if the ground's on the soft side or they get the rain that's um, his forecast, then I think he probably will turn the form around with Wichita. I just think because he's got plenty of uh, form on that kind of ground, his Dewhurst wins very much suggest that he's, he can slog it out. We know, we know that he gets through that ground really well, so I think he's probably just about a worthy favourite on balance.
0: I'm just going to mention um, a another friend of the podcast, a friend of checker Mike Spence. who you've done a few of these um, pods and videos with. Uh, he owns, or his dad, I should say, owns Positive. Who, um, in his penultimate run, uh, he beat Camaco, who went on to to win the Guineas. Mm. Uh, since then, put in a poor performance behind um, behind Pinatubo. Given that, given the form of Camaco, can we look at positive, possibly bigger a big price at 14, so is Camaco now just a different horse, and you've got to kind of put a line through that form?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think has improved quite measurably since that Sandown down run. Um, I actually put up positive um, to win, or to go really close in the Dewhurst, but he bombed out really badly. Whether that was down to the soft ground, or he just wasn't good enough, or a combination of both, I don't know, but it's his first run back. The one thing we can say is, Kyle Cox's horse is now in good form, and he, he does go into the race fresh, obviously not having a hard race, as so some have perhaps have in the Guineas, but and what he did at Newmarket back in the Dewhurst on soft ground, and it looks like it might be on the easy side come Saturday. Uh, I think he's got a little bit to find,
0: and his odds reflect that. Sorry, Mike, if you're listening, but fingers crossed. Sorry, Andy, a- a- Andy's proved you wrong. Uh, on to the three thirty-five now. Another Group One, the Diamond Jubilee. Uh, we have Skeptical is the nine to four favourite ahead of Hello Yoomzane at four to one, One Master seven to one, Kardim five, uh, fifteen to two, Dream of Dreams nine to one. 14 to one, Bar. Top of the market here, skeptical. Um, 9 to 4, a fair price. Been plenty short enough if it does rain. Um,
1: all his best form at the moment, what we've seen of him, um, has been on the fast surface. Obviously, Dundalk, I think he won 3 or 4 there. Looks spectacular. Was really good when he won first time out on the grass. And obviously, he's given connections a bit of a headache. Do they go for the, both the King's Stand or uh, do they go, try and double up here or um, do they just come here? I think they might have made the right decision given what Batash did in the King's Stand stakes. He hit the ball out of the park on the figures. Um, but if it does rain, we just don't know where we stand. So at the moment, he's probably a horse that you need to wait until till the day to see what the conditions are before you dive in. I just don't think there's any mileage in taking 94 at this stage. He's not going to get any shorter. Um, if the rain does come, then I certainly think the filly at the bottom, uh, one master's got a, a better chance than her current odds uh, suggest. She would need it really soft to be a, 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 as effective over six furlongs as she is over seven. She probably is a seven furlong filly. In fact, she ran in the the Queen Anne last year when she finished um, third, of course, to Lord Glitters. But a run beyond Don Juan Triumphant on Champions Day certainly gives her a chance. When she didn't get the clearest of runs that day uh, in the hands of um, Patrick Boudoir. Um, But I do think that the, the Haggis team, by the sound of it, really do fancy their chances. They decided to not go for the Queen Anne again this year, bypassing that to take on board this race, thinking that strongly run six furlongs first run off the bat he's probably going to suit her better than trying to stretch her out to a mile so I think like I say she's around about seven to one as you see the time recording George yeah
0: seven to one bet three six five paddies yeah, and, and uh, sportsbook
1: and the draw might not be that significant here the, the stalls are going to be in the centre so they're likely to stay in the middle of the track so stall three of ten it's not those like there's 20-25 runners and they split and there's a big bias either way I think they'll go down as straight as a as a gun barrel down the middle so I wouldn't be bothered about stall three um, and the odds are in great form. So, yeah, I think she's a, a decent each way bet this COVID-19 time.
0: Four places at the moment, the Sky bet. But as ever, I reckon a few bookies will be following suit. You might even get, possibly get five on the day, maybe if someone's feeling generous. Uh, one Master is seven to one, uh, as I say, with Bet365, Betfair Sportsbook and Paddy Power. Uh, and on both Yards Checker app and on the grids, you can see what uh, place markets bookies are offering that is the Diamond Jubilee, absolutely motoring through these, Andy. Just two races left of Ascot. Can't believe it. Uh, the Wokingham <laughs> is next, the 410, and we have uh, Mubaka is the eight to one favourite at the time of, of of recording. I'm not sure that price is going to hang around for long, to be honest. Fives and sixes most places, so we'll go for those. I think those are the prices that are live. Uh, six to one, uh, Bielsa is eight to one. That's with Betfred. Her Highland Dress 16 to one. A whole host of horses 16 to one and bigger I think 24 run here at the moment uh, a tough one to pick apart are you looking at the top end of the market or anything at, at a bigger price catching your eye
1: no I think similar to the commentary stakes I think there's a bit of value to be had here in this race if you look a little bit further down the list than Mubaka, I think the 8 to 1 on offer I think whoever bookmakers going 8 to 1 needs to stay at 8 to 1 and, mm. and be very very brave because if the rain does come that's but backer's chances is very much diminished. His only bad run in his life came on turf here at Ascot on soft ground towards the back end of the last season, but he just didn't have the ground. He's obviously an all weather horse, but looks like he's by Spatestown. That very much tells you what all you need to know about him. He was really good when he won at Newcastle, but he looks an all weather horse to me. So I think um, if you're a or a bookmaker, you know, you've got 20 odd runners running for you and, and soft ground and drawn still too. Um, that's going to be a tough uh, Ascot backer. Mm-hmm. Take him on, yeah. Um, I'd probably go down the tried and trusted formula here of backing horses that have run well over the track before under such conditions. And the standout horse for me would be Summer Gand, who ran a really good race on probably ground a little bit too lively for him last year in, in, in the Woking when he finished creditable fifth. He subsequently finished second in the Great St. Wilfrid, behind the rapidly improving, if you remember at the time, Decao to Gold. And he ran really well first time out this year when he finished second. The Omara team were in good form. Strongly run six furlongs here at Ascot as he's proven time and time again suits him. And he's double figures 12-14 to 1. That's a massive price. One a little bit further down the list. Number 19 on the card, Lethal Lunch. is another um, viable outsider. Tongue Time for the first time for the informed Clyde Cox t- team. He was a bit looking behind Swindler when he ran here on his last last season at Ascot. When he was trying to go for a run and got cut off at the pass. He subsequently ran really well on the all-weather uh, in in recent times and <clears throat> excuse me he's also got that vital component which a lot of horses need when you win a Wokingham he stays seven furlongs really well you want a combination of good speed up for six stamina for seven and he ticks that particular box as well there's loads of others you can mention the likes of Danziza, Danzino, Bielsa, uh, Spanish City who's a regular here in these races but at this current moment he told me if you gave me two bets I'd perhaps split mistakes and some gand. At twelve to one and thirty-three to one for lethal lunch, which looks a massive price.
0: Andy, you've got to get odds checker on your phone or your or your laptop because you've got sixteen to one for summer Gand if you're if what? you're betting with bet three six five uh, for five places there. That that'll do for me as well. And uh, and lethal lunch thirty-three to one at time of recording. That's with betfair sportsbook and paddy power. Uh, you mentioned off air that the one race you didn't necessarily have a selection for was the last, the queen alexandra, the conditions race, but even so we will talk through it and hopefully people looking for a bet can uh, can glean something from your wisdom so mekong is the 11 to 4 favorite with william hill uh, who dares wins at 7 to 2 the grand vizier who laid who made us a, a lovely payday uh, this time last year uh, at a big price is 4 to 1 uh, nate the great 13 to 2 fun mac 11 to 1 14 to 1 Impfowl 33 to 1 uh, and bigger the rest so it looks like, you know, according to the odds, at least it's kind of a six runner race. Would you, would you agree with that?
1: Yeah. It often goes like that. The Queen and Alexandria, the cream often comes to the top. What you tend to get is group horses running against some recreational for fun day out horses. Um, and, and then you get the, you know, one or two, um, you know, national hunt horses chucked into the mix as well. Uh, I mean, the standout form is Mekong, you know, that run behind call, uh, the wind uh, over in um, Riyadh just stands out. I mean, you look at the horses who were in behind him that day, the likes of Call to the Bar, Twilight, Payment, cross-counter. Uh, I mean, it was, it, was, it was a group one, all, all been up but, but name, um, even though it was a handicap. The key to Mekong is, is the ground. He does need it soft. Uh, so you've got a positive there if he does ride. The negative would be Jamie Osborne, um, who's gone on a bit of a long-losing run. He hasn't had a winner this season so far. I think he's knocked from 26 and counting. So you got positive with the ground, positive with his form and a negative with the yard. So you need to keep an eye on Jamie Osborne's horses if you're thinking about taking a short price about Mekong. And then you come on to the, the, the sort of gnarled stayers like uh, Who Dares Wins, who's better known for his exploits over, over hurdles, of course, during the winter. The Grand Vizier who won the Ascot Stakes last year looks as though he's been laid out for the race by Ian Williams. Fun Mac is a regular in this race. He stays really well. And the interesting one is the one down the bottom here, Nate the Great, stepping up marketing Trip, but Tripp, but running a good time figure first time out behind the trader. Um, that form looks really good. That was the first run since leaving Archie Watson and being gelded. Uh, so he, he looks as though he, he might go the right way. And if they don't go particularly quick, which could be the order of a day here um, in, in the last race, then... It might just play into his hands because he has got, obviously, two-mile stroke, one-mile-six tactical speed. But at this very moment in time, I'm just hoping I haven't got to get out of jail and um, <laughs> on the Queen Alexandra.
0: Fingers crossed. I'm sure you won't, And if you carry on your form like today. Uh, before I let you go, I'm going to push you for a nap of the day. So what would be your best bet if you could only tip up one at the current prices uh, for Saturday?
1: Um, can I have two? Or OK. Do, do, no, no, that's uh,
0: fine. We'll let you have two.
1: All right, then. I'd say a plomb uh, each way if it rains in the first and summer gand each way if it rains in the Wokingham. So the two big sprints, a plomb and summer gand. Perhaps doing each way double eight to one 16-1, yeah, you know, five that, places.
0: That would pay a few quid, wouldn't it? Well, they're um, both
1: guaranteed to and I think if it does rain, they'll both go off. I think a plomb will be about a five chance and summer gand will be single figures, eight, ten to one at the very least.
0: Right, right, I'm off to check the weather. But thank you very much, Andy, for joining us. Great no to have problem. you back on the Checker podcast. Make sure you download the app right now if you want Andy's tips, not just for Royal Ascot, but for every day's racing, straight sent to you, the first place you can get them before the, the prices start to slide as well. Thank you very much, Andy. Best of luck to the rest of the week. Make sure you download the Checker app to all of you listening and watching. Plenty more winners coming. Continue to enjoy the racing at Royal Ascot. Please gamble responsibly. Most importantly, enjoy the races. Enjoy the racing Hope we've given you a few winners.